Welcome to episode 146 of the Thunder Underground podcast. My name's Trent, this is Jason, and it's happy Halloween time. Yep, happy, happy, happy Halloween. Eat all your candy corns, <laughs> even though they're disgusting. Hey, I, I don't dislike candy corn. Oh, man. I don't like it either, it's just... <clears throat> just there you know what i what i always hated was was people you'd go up to their house and you trick-or-treat and they give you like a little like you know religious pamphlet you <laughs> right. know about giving your soul to jesus or you're gonna burn in hell and i'm seven yeah you know anyways when they could have just gave you a payday or a mr good barn that's right that's right a whatchamacallit i mean something yeah. that would have saved my mortal soul at that time <laughs> right well this week we thought, well, Halloween episode, you know, we can't have some pop singer on here, so we need to have... No. Have we ever if, had pop singers on here? I don't know. That's just what came out of my mouth. So. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, we had CJ from Grind. He's a pop singer and his, his time away from the band, you know? Good Lord. Anyway, well, we had to have a band that fit the bill, right? Yes. I called up Kenny Hickey. He wasn't available. <laughs> Damn I it. I still couldn't... Get that Doyle episode that we did recovered from my computer. So why why would you want to? Because shortest I, interview in the world. Because I love Doyle, oh, and you do well, too. He doesn't love us. I'll tell no, you that much. He loves you. Get over it. <laughs> so we've got Grave Huffer right there alone. You know this band fits the bill based off the name. They sure do. The imagery and. The music kicks I, ass. I love the pentagram with the coffin thing. I love that. That's yeah. badass. Yeah. We got Mike and Richie here. Yeah. We're going to get to that interview here in just a bit. We're going to play you a song. Before we do, we want to talk about Trivium. Yes. Trivium's brand new album just hit about a couple weeks ago, The Sin and the Sentence. And, you know, what can you say? Every album that Trivium has ever done, I've liked. Yeah. But... As you pointed out, everyone is a little bit different, so not everybody likes every album they put out. Yeah. And I haven't really read anything or heard from anybody else, but to me, right off the bat, this sounds more like something that, if you're a fan of the classic style that Trivium started with or mm -hmm. what they're more known for, you should probably like this album, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I listened to this thing straight away right when it came out, and I was waiting for you to catch up. Yeah. So we could talk about it. Right. I'm just kidding. It's the other way around. Actually, <laughs> I suck. But no, um, it, you know, it, it, it's, they kind of have a different, uh, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't want to explain this wrong. I mean, what I'm, what I'm thinking in my head, but you know, they have kind of a different vibe every album, which I, I don't know. Now that I say that a lot, it sounds a little, a little silly. A lot, most bands do, but it just seems like, you know, I, I don't know. They've 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 kind of got a different dress on each time they come out. Right. Well, yeah. you say most bands do, but most bands don't do it as drastic as they do. Yes, they're doing it like the Colt used to do it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's man. That's perfect. That's okay. Gotcha. Good. <laughs> that that's exactly right. I, I totally. You know. I, I mean, you always know it's them, but. You know, because kind of, you know, uh, Silence in the Snow kind of had maybe a power metal feel to it a little bit. Yeah. You know, so, I, and, and, you know. Uh, well, that's the one that lost a lot of people were kind of exactly. down on just and, because. You know, what I thought was weird was, you know, and I could be wrong, but I just really, I really remember hearing, you know, 
Matt Heafy on, I, I think it was the Josta show, talking about, you know, this is what he wants to do, and he wants to just, he wants to just sing. It, it, but he's kind of gone back on that, you know, and he's gotten more of the growling kind of stuff going back, you know, kind of got that back a little bit, which is fine, which is great. It's just, uh, you know, the, the many, many faces of Trivium, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. No. But, you know... I mean, I know you love Silence in the Snow, and yeah. I, I did too, but right off the uh, right out the gate, I think, I think I like this new one better. Okay. I mean, like you said, it's a different feel, but it's kind of like, I'm one of those people, I don't care if a band's changing the sound, if I still like it, that's cool, whatever. But... But Trivium, I just kind of, I don't know, I guess I just like what I started liking mm -hmm. from Trivium. And the funny thing with Trivium is every time they put out a new album, I'll listen to it a decent amount. Yeah. And then I just won't. Uh, I, know, anytime it, I think I'm going to listen to Trivium, I go back to the beginning. Yeah. You know, they're one of those bands that I just go to like, you know, it, like Light to the Flies or Ascendancy or something. That's just what I gravitate back towards. Yeah. And then the next time comes out and I listen to this one heavy. Like I did with Silent Snow, and I just stopped one day and never again for a long time, and now here I am with the new album. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, it's funny you mentioned that. I was thinking that on on the way home today. It's you know I, I really get into them when they got a new album out, but it all it you know I'm, I don't know it kind of wanes. I'm not a good Trivium fan. <laughs> right. I have to admit, and that's that's my th problem that I need to address. Yeah, but you know, uh, but really. Let's just get back to this album. Okay. You know, well, the thing about this album, we're, we're going off here a little right. bit. There are tons of great riffs, mm -hmm. memorable riffs, catchy riffs, amazing solos. But saying that about a trivium, trivium album is like saying that the grass is green or Vince Neil sucks live. You know, we all know that. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. That, that, yeah. Okay. okay. So you don't listen to a trivium album and say, man, I hope that the guitar works good on this album. It's always kicks yeah, ass. You know, it's going to be. And I like, I've always liked, like you said, it's got the growling back in here. The heavy stuff mixed with his singing is really cool. Mm -hmm. And then like that title track, you know, was released, what, a month or two before the album. Yeah. And I was really digging that. That's a great song. And then that sec, right off the bat, that second song, Beyond Oblivion. Mm -hmm. This one is like as classic trivium as you can get. I think you listen to this and I think if they don't play this live every show for the rest of their career, they're doing themselves a disservice. Yeah. You know, this is like the chorus to this thing is not only reminds me of just old school, huge metal choruses, but also just, it's just 100% trivium. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, their signature sound. And, um, you know, I like uh, the heart from your hate. I really love that song. Yeah. And they always kind of throw in a song that is still them and it's still heavy, but maybe you could get on the radio. Yeah. You know, and they always kind of have that. Um, and they, they, those are well crafted. You know, they, they can do anthem almost, I, I don't want to say ballad, but for lack of a better term, you know, they do that very well without, you know, sounding like, you know, fuckheads or anything. So, <laughs> you know, Sever the Hand has got a badass fucking solo on it. I love that. It's just, this is a great record. And, you know, I, I like we say, I don't, I don't mind the the rough vocals coming back into the mix. You know, I mean, you know, that's that's why that's another reason why we like Trivium. Yeah, Beauty and the Sorrow is my favorite song on here. Gotcha. Besides Beyond Oblivion, but it's probably Beauty and the Sorrow. 
Yeah. It's just that riff and that thing is undeniable. It's just a great album. You know, I don't I don't know where it stands in the list of trillion albums, but it's a good one and it's surely worthy of being on a top twenty list oh, for the year yeah, of twenty seventeen. It's gonna make my list. Um I, and I think that now I think that they've probably had more drummers than Spinal Tap did. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you, did it stand out to you? Because it's a guy that we it, know and love. It, you know? And Alex Bent. Yeah, this yeah. is his first album. With and the that band. guy's played with everybody. Yeah, most notably Battlecross. Yes, yes, our our, our, our pals in Battlecross. <laughs> right, who is another band who's had a turnover in drummers many times. Yes, yes. But it's kind of cool to see Alex Bent, you know, get a... Higher profile gig, I guess. Gotcha. I guess that's what this would be considered. So, yeah, I mean, hopefully they got that figured out and keep this this lineup together because it sounds kick-ass to me. Well, we got anything else we want to talk about before we get into some your fault? I, I think that's it. I think we need to uh, get into some grave huffer. Okay. I'm going to huff some graves. <laughs> All right. This is from, well, this is the title track to their album, Your Fault, but it is not officially on the released version of Your Fault. It will be on the re-release, which will be in vinyl, this coming spring. Yes, which I'm going to buy. Damn right. Check this out. Your Fault. 1960s represented the last burst of the human being before he was extinguished. And that this is the beginning of the rest of the future now. And from now on, there'll simply be all these robots walking around. Feeling nothing, thinking nothing.
nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts and that history and memory are right now being erased and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet. Your Fault from Grave Huffer off their forthcoming re-release of the Your Fault album on vinyl through Blunt Face Records. We talk all about that here in just a bit with the mm-hmm. band. But yeah, I mean, these guys kick ass and kind of like they talked about in this uh, interview, you know, their newer stuff's kind of got a little bit different sound and I noticed that from this song. Yeah. You know, it's got a little bit different vibe than the stuff on Your Fault album did. Got that classic crust punk vibe to it. Yes. I, I think I called them heavy concrete. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I forgot the, about that, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean... You know, this is a, this one's a ball squasher. For sure. As I like to say. All right. Well, let's just get into this right now. This is Richie and Mike from Grave Huffer. I would love to go like I was uh I'm from Midwest City okay and then uh, like in the fourth or fifth grade I moved to Tulsa and I lived there till high school and I moved to Joplin in high school so like I, the old Tulsa scene man I really like the old the old Tulsa punk scene and stuff so do you uh do you know about this documentary the old Capitol Underground yeah I saw a link yeah. to it but I haven't uh, watched it yet yeah it looks pretty good yeah, it does. I saw Chad Malone. He posted something about it a couple of times. So, yeah, I'm, I lived in Tulsa when I was, like, six years old till I was, like, ten. You know, like, when I was a little kid, like, North Tulsa. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I'm interested to see that, too. Yeah, yeah they like, covered a lot of ground, it looks like. Yeah. We did actually play in Tulsa quite a bit. We right? used to, yeah, we used to play in Tulsa a lot when we were in Initial Detonation. Okay. And Crom. Yeah, and Crom we played at the Marquee a lot. Yeah, we, we opened for DRI and Death Angel and uh, Vader and Immolation down there. Nice, nice. I, but I, we miss playing down there, I'll tell yeah, you Yeah, that. that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to see you guys down here. We're, 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 there's stuff going on behind the scenes. We're trying to get our drummer situation kind of like ironed out, and then once that's done, then we're going to hit the road for sure. Cool. Well, what's the status on that are you guys like auditioning people or do you have someone already in mind that kind of thing yeah we have a guy but we can't we don't have a jam spot yet and like it's kind of like right on the verge of of two of us getting a jam spot but just things are in motion but it's tough to get everybody on the same page because everybody has to work so much and you know it's just everybody has their, their lives to live and this is like fourth or fifth on the to do list, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard for everybody. And this this drummer that we're trying to get, like, uh, he's from the old scene, and but he lives in Springfield, which is about an hour away. So it's tough for us to get together. But he says he's like got the songs down, and he's a bad motherfucker. I think that, I mean, it's gonna change the sound a little bit because Larry was like uh, more of a punk, a punk drummer. He played single kick. Mm-hmm. And uh, this guy is more of a double kick guy, so it's gonna 
be I think it's gonna be a little bit more choppy and yeah. yeah I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be cool. I'm yeah. not, we're excited. You know? Yeah. Have you guys? Well, he's learning all your previous stuff. Have you guys talked of writing anything with him, or are you gonna wait until it's ironed out that he's in the band, that kind of thing? Oh, we're uh, we're already writing stuff. Yeah. Like uh, the last two times we got together, we we wrote a real like new song each time. And uh, they're a little bit more technical, and uh, they're they're hard. Like we got to get warmed up to play them. <laughs> like, yeah. The other songs were like, okay, let's just play this and play that. Well, that's a but good now, sign. Man, yeah, yeah. We're like man, let's get warmed like, up a little before we play that one. Right. So yeah, we're um, we got one we got one song like uh, recorded, like a newer song, and then we're got another one. It's already got lyrics to it, and the music's written, and we were gonna have this new guy play on it too so and you know record it and it'll be like his introduction to oh, on the end of the vinyl yeah on yeah the, yeah on the uh the, well we can talk about that too but um we got a vinyl edition of the new album your fault coming out pretty soon on blunt face records so um that's the plan anyway is to have him on one of the bonus tracks yeah now that, that, that vinyl release of blunt face how, how did that come about talk about that a little bit um, I, I guess when we, I'll, I'll just kind of go back a year or so and what, what happened was we initially were going to have another label put the vinyl out with just the 11 songs that are on your fault. And, um, that label ended up like folding, kind of closing up shop, whatever you want to call it. And so we kind of had to start from square one and that was, uh, February of this year, I think. That's when the label, that's when the vinyl was supposed to come out in like February or March of this year, and so we was like, well, fuck it, we'll just put the the cassette and the CD and the di- the digital version out, and so that's what we did, and then the blunt face deal, I happened to be friends with uh, a lot of the guys on the label, and uh, <clears throat> there was a change of uh, CEO or manager or whatever of the label, and. Um, they had announced some initial plans for the label when he took over. He mentioned vinyl, and so half-jokingly, I'm like, hey, man, would you want to do the new Grave Huffer album? And he's like, you know what, guys? <laughs> you were the first band on our radar. So we're like, oh, that's pretty cool. And um, so it, it, it was kind of the label's idea to, to uh, put the bonus tracks on there, so exclusive to the vinyl. Mm-hmm. And so we... We recorded the one, and it's we decided to call it Your Fault, so the album's got a title track now. And um, Carlo Regattas, who used to be in Carcass, plays a guitar solo on that. Oh, cool. So that, yeah, that, that's badass. Yeah, he does a great job on that. I mean, it took the song to a whole other level, man. But yeah, he, that's kind of how that came about. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, is he from the area, or how'd you guys get in contact with him? He lives in England. Oh, okay. Um, in, in Liverpool. And um, it was through this uh, internet station called Metal Devastation Radio. Uh, one of the DJs there, he has a show called Cottage of Blood. His name's DJ Hamo, and he's good friends with Carlo. And he kind of he suggested I hit him up on Facebook and send him a friend request. And I was like, Yeah, sure, whatever. You know, the dude played in Carcass, like he's gonna accept my friend request. <laughs> he goes, No, he's a cool guy, you know. And so, anyway, Carlo played on the Swan Song album, and then he played on the, uh, they had like a compilation, uh, Wake Up and Smell the Carcass, he plays on some of that too, 
And then he also had a band with uh, everybody but Bill Steer, and they, and it was called Black Star. And then he's also got a band now called Monstrance. And then I heard them on the radio, and I was like, man, these guys are badass. And then that DJ at Metal Devastation is like, yeah, that's Carlo's band. I was like, whoa, that's cool. So anyways, I hit up Carlo on Facebook, and he, he accepted my friend request. He liked the Grave Huffer page without me even inviting him. And I was like, that's pretty cool. And um, one day he was on Facebook and he posted something about doing a guest guitar solo on, a, on an album. And then here I go again, half jokingly. <laughs> hey, would you do a solo for Grave Huffer? He goes, oh, sure, mate. <laughs> and, so, and so I'm like, man, serious? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, well, how much? I private messaged him. I said, well, how much are you going to charge for this? He goes, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to charge you. And I'm like, whoa. That, he goes, it's just on, you know. I, I'm I'm flattered and humbled that you asked me. I'm like, man, this is this is wicked, you know. And so, a couple months go by, and we wrote the song, we recorded it, and then I was like, man, I need to ask Carlo about that guitar solo. So I messaged him. I was like, hey, man, you remember me a couple months ago asking about that solo? He goes, oh yeah, I'm ready, man. <laughs> so we sent it to him, and he recorded it, and man, it's yeah, he knocked it out of the park, man. It is beautiful. <laughs> That's great. So how did yeah. that work? Did you just say do what you want, or did you give him any idea of direction to go? <laughs> no, um, we just said do your thing. And it's funny that what he laid down was kind of what I had in mind when I wrote the rhythm piece that goes underneath it. Because it just kind of goes in half steps, and it's in this minor key, kind of like black metal on quaaludes or something. <laughs> 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 and... Uh, and it has all. It's kind. Of, it makes it when you solo over something like that. It, it gives it this real epic, grand kind of feel. And so he did all these harmonies and all these kind of like whammy bar scoops and stuff, and all these like arpeggios. And it's just. And it's a long one. It's, it's like twelve it's bars. You know yeah, what I mean? dude. It's, it's almost. Long. It's almost forty-five seconds, man. I mean, <laughs> it's just. It's like a composition in and of itself. It's amazing. <laughs> Well, it's not too often a band has a title track as a bonus track on the reissue, right? right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but the, the lyrics, like, he didn't title it Your Fault, but when we, he was, he always reads us the lyrics and tells us what's going on, and then uh, then we think of a name together, and like, and but we're like, man, it sounds like your fault, you know? Yeah, it does, man. It's like, because it's pointing the finger directly at somebody. Yeah. It really is. And a, a, a select few, let's put it that way. And so it totally, it just made sense. So, Was there a release date for the vinyl? Um, I can't, I can't talk about it. I, can't talk about it. <laughs> I know, but the, the label doesn't want us to say anything yet. So gotcha. It, it's it's going to be next, it's going to be, I, I think I can probably say it'll be late spring next year. I can't tell you the date, but okay, gotcha. I can say definitely like, Beginning of the first quarter of next year, I would say, maybe the end of the quarter. Okay. Well, speaking of vinyl, do you guys personally collect vinyl? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, when we wrote this record, we wrote it specifically to be on vinyl. That oh, was like the, the intent. Yeah, that was the number one goal. It right? really was. We yeah. don't care about CD. We're like, dude, we have to get this on 12 inch, you know? Yeah. Because our, our bands before, we have, like, we've been on seven inches. But we just didn't have the twelve inch. To me, like that makes it official, you know, right. like the big picture, and like you're like, man, look at this, you know? right? 
yeah, the artwork on the sleeve and pulling the big 12-inch vinyl out, putting the needle down, and that, I mean, yeah. we come from that school because we're all old. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd gotten back into it pretty heavy the last few years, and yeah. Jason, Jason did as well in the last yeah, couple of years, so... It. It, it's fun. <laughs> it is. Why well, don't did Jason? Didn't you buy our cassette? Yes, I did buy the cassette. Which that's kind of. I'm kind of getting into that a lot too. Is I really like all the yeah. cassettes and finding old cassettes, and that's kind of one of the uh, <clears throat> one of the, one of the things we wanted to hit on. Uh, talk about the cassettes and how that came about. And by the way, the whole red cassette thing is badass. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. I was like, yeah, that looks evil, <laughs> but it was fun too. The whole cassette deal was, um, it's on Reality Impaired Recordings, which they've been around, 80s, dude, late 80s, late 80s, right 80s I think, yeah, yeah, they were like, a, they were local, like Joplin label, and um, they pretty much do like super underground stuff, and a lot of like, just weird, like noise bands, noise bands experimental. experimental stuff. But the guy that runs it, he was doing like mail order, like death metal stuff, like in the early 80s, like. He was a pin pal dead. Like, he has letters from dead. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. This dude had the most right. insane vinyl collection you ever saw. He'd have, like, he ran a distro, uh, a distro. So he'd have, like, a thousand records in his room. And you'd go up there and buy him a 7-inch for 3 bucks or a 12-inch for, like, $7. And so we were there all the time buying, buying all this records, crazy, yeah. <laughs> like, black metal and death metal shit, man. It was badass. Yeah, I remember I bought a bunch of Samael and Berzoom stuff from Yeah, he had Berzoom on vinyl, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> with some, like, hand-drawn shit on it. We were yeah. like, damn. Like, yeah. he wrote to these guys, like, back in the day. Yeah, yeah. it was, like, true cult. <laughs> yeah. But he won't do, like, he still does it today, but he won't get on, he won't, like, make a, I said, dude, you need to make an internet page or a Facebook page. Or a website. Or something. Yeah. He won't do it, man. He's like so against the internet. Yeah. He just does mail order stuff. And like once a month, he sends me a package with zines in it that he's got reviews for us and mm -hmm. like stickers and like uh, ads from like Poland and Belgium and Germany and yeah. like all these weird death metal bands trying to sell, sell you shit, you know? Yeah. But he still does it today. Yeah. That's, he's keeping it old school. That's like, that's insane. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so he's like, he's like, I have to do the cassette. And we're like, okay. Yeah, he, yeah, he was like really into the cassette. So yeah. we're like, cool, man. And the cassette was probably it was a lot of fun actually, like coming up with the layout for that. And a good friend of ours, Steve from a band called Brutally Frank, uh, did that, and um, he did the layout for the vinyl and the CD and the cassette. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun putting that together. Yeah, well, it came out great. It did. It really it worked out good. There's a place in Springfield called National Audio Tape Company, mm -hmm. and they did the cassettes, and they do, like, big-time shit. Like, they'll do, like, they did the soundtrack for Guardians of the Galaxy on cassette. <laughs> I mean, they, it's... I think they're only, one of the only ones left in the yeah, nation. Yeah, they're, wow. they're, like, yeah, they're always hopping at that place. But they do CDs, too. They did our CDs, also. And they've been doing reality impaired stuff since the beginning. Mm -hmm. Like the cassettes we they used to do. Yeah, since like, like the they go up there and buy like whole cases of cassettes, you know. Yeah, and labels. They had their own like duplicator. Yeah. Back in the day. So. Yeah, you could do like t ten or twenty at a time. Yeah. I remember Roger doing our Satan's ice cream truck tapes. <laughs> yeah, it only took us like ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, like a hundred copies. Yeah. <laughs> like hell yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was cool. 
Well, I like the idea on the new uh, USB cassette as well. That's oh clever yeah, packaging. That was um, I don't know how I got hooked up with that guy. He's in the UK, and it was on uh, Twitter. Like sometimes on Twitter, we get some pretty wild shit going on over there, and um, the UK bands and the UK scene they they like Twitter a lot better than Facebook. It seems, mm-hmm. and so. There was some, um, this female vocalist named Verity White, she likes us a lot, and um, she's a really good singer in her own right. But she um, said, oh, it's cool you guys have a cassette. And then she said, hey, Mark, the guy that does this audio books on tape thing, he's like, you ought to see about getting this Grave Huffer cassette on your USB thing. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And so I just hit the guy up. And he's like, yeah, that'd be cool to do. And I, he goes, I've never done a music release. He does just all audio books and then yeah. stuff like that. And so this was his first music release. And so we just put all of our material on there. The first album, the second album. And then it's got like the lyrics and pictures. And it's got a five-panel J-card with the artwork for both albums on it. It's got the videos. It's got, yeah, it's got all three videos, like our official videos. Uh, the Kill for Sport video, which Mike did with a friend of ours, Brad. Yeah, Brad Kester. Brad Kester, the Skunk Works audio unit. And they animated it and drew it up themselves, scanned it into the computer. and oh, I mean, it was... I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, but it's pretty awesome. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you who did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was us. Like, it, it took a, probably about a month. Wow. And it was a lot of drawing and stuff, but... By the end of it, we're just laughing so hard, dude. It was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It is. And then the Destroyer Worlds one Mike did, and it was, um, we just used some footage from like, what was it, Godzilla and some of the atomic bomb footage, because that's kind of what the song's about. Yeah. And Sk- uh, Shut Up and Skate was a bunch of local skaters. And then we just got footage from their Instagram feeds and Facebook videos and just kind of put them all together and... We thought that'd be a kind of a cool tribute to the local skate scene. Yeah. Well, you talk about uh, new music and the couple tracks you wrote for the, you know, the reissue on vinyl and everything. Is this you going to kind of push this album here for another year or so since you got the vinyl coming out? Are you guys looking at doing more new music in 2018? We'll probably. Um, I don't know. We haven't kind of we kind of haven't talked about that honestly. I would, I would guess we're wanting to, we would want to push the vinyl, and then kind of like we were talking about with our drummer situation, since we haven't played a show in over a year, we're probably going to want to like get this Your Fault album pushed, because we haven't even, we haven't played shows since the album's come out, so yeah. we really haven't had time to, to get it out there and play it in front of people, even though we've played a lot of these songs in front of people prior, um... That's kind of what we did. We would write the songs, and then we'd play a new, hey, we're playing a new song tonight, you know. And so they've been road-tested, for lack of a better term. Because yeah, sometimes they change. Yeah. Change. Well, let's change. It's not like this right here. Yeah. Know? Yeah, a few songs, they kind of changed. You know, Grave Huffer, the song Grave Huffer changed a lot from when we initially wrote it. I um, can't remember any of the other ones. There's a couple of the songs we've only played maybe once live but but yeah the when we get the drummer going we'll be playing mostly this that this album yeah that's true I mean, and we'll, the new songs because i want him to you know 
if he's part of the writing process with us, it's going to sound a little different. Right. It's and, going to make him feel more included, you know. Like, yes, yeah. especially if we have a song that he helped write, you know, yeah. that he helped contribute. So, yeah, we'll definitely, I would say we probably won't have anything new out again until 2019. That's my guess. But, uh, but we could, man, rock, I like it. We've been jamming lately, like once yeah. a week, and every time we jam, we write a new song. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It, it just it just depends on how everything's fall into place. And yeah, I guess it is up to the it's up to the drummer situation. If yeah, this guy yeah. falls right in, and all we have to do is freshen up on your fall, then we're going to be playing the new songs mixed in until right. we have enough. Like usually, we play new songs until we have enough for our album. We're like, okay, let's, let's record, record the, it. Yeah, let's go record these new songs. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yep, that's kind of how it works. And hell, we've got three new songs for that aren't going to be on the. You know, we got the one other bonus track that we have yet to record, and then we've got three new songs that are pretty much done, other than uh, lyrics and, and the drum parts. But I mean, they're already arranged and laid out. So, I mean, I guarantee you, by the time the final comes out, we'll probably have another album in the can. <laughs> well, <laughs> well. Um, so, the, do, do, do the songs, do they just come out of jams, or is there like one you know, or two chief songwriters, or how do you guys split that up? It's kind of a combination of both of those, really. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mike and I right now, we're kind of the only guys. I mean, it's just kind of by necessity that it's us two doing it right now. But generally speaking, we like to write with a drummer. I mean, it's, I just, you know, that's how we feel most comfortable. Every once in a while, one of us would come in with an idea. Like, Shut Up and Skate was totally Mike's thing. Um, Destroyer of Worlds was kind of my thing. And then a lot of the other ones were just kind of written during jams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and Or uh, somebody will come in with a rip, or two riffs. A riff or two. Uh, you know, like, I got a verse and a chorus. And then we'll write, write it on the spot, you know? Like, yeah. If the beat changes to something else, we're like, oh, no, let's do we're, this we're gonna, instead. You yeah. Know? Like, we're gonna have to change that part a little bit, you know. Yeah. Larry or you know, Larry came up with something. and It's like, yeah, the feels different now. Yeah, it would steer it. It's it's nice when the drummer steers. Yeah, you know? I agree with that. And sometimes, well, sometimes Larry would just start playing a beat. Well, that's what well, Prince with a Thousand Enemies came out that way. He just started playing this beat, and then Mike started playing the main riff, and then it was boom, boom. We had a riff, two two verses and two choruses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like and, fifteen minutes. Yeah. <laughs> And I was in the bathroom taking a shit when they did that. <laughs> I, remember, I remember being in the bathroom like, man, they're writing. <laughs> right. And I came out, I was like, that's badass. we got to use that. And they're like, okay, Richie, where's it going to go from here? And then that's when it came in, came into like, not breakdown part, but kind of the, that kind of da-da, da-da, we went into that. And then it's that's just kind of how we write, you know? I mean, I already kind of had an idea where it was going to go when I was doing my duty <laughs> and so i was like man okay I'm, I'm you know the wheels are turning you know so yeah and then there was one where the chains around you mike came to practice one day and he was like hey i want to write a song that sounds like dystopia they're this like crust punk man from oakland and um yeah i've been listening to dystopia like all week long yeah I was like, yeah we need to do something kind of like this you know yeah and so I was like, okay. And so I just started playing that. And then we just wrote that song within an hour or something. And then James started kind of like, rah, rah, Mario, like <laughs> scatting like vocals or whatever. And he started writing down ideas and lyrics on the spot. And we do, it's, I don't know, it's just a weird kind of melting pot of ideas and combinations of 
ideas. Yeah, like it depends on what kind of day you had. Like, if we're all happy and goofy, the song's probably gonna be more light heart, you know, like uh, efficient men or something. Yeah. It's not gonna be so serious, but you know, if we're having a, all of us had a bad week or whatever, and it's gonna be real heavy real and dark, dark. And fast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if we're stoned, or the other guys are stoned, it's going to be like kind of groovy. Hey, this is some groovy stuff. That's right. This sounds like a tractor. <laughs> like Kill for Sport or something, you know? I mean, <laughs> but it, yeah, it totally depends on, you know, our personalities to definitely come out. Well, you guys, uh, I noticed you guys have several sponsors. You want to talk about the different ones or anything? Yeah. Um, that was another thing where it's um, a friend of a friend of a friend kind of deal had a string endorsement. And <clears throat> I was like, man, that's pretty cool. And that's kind of the thing about social media. You know, people kind of bag on it. But if you use it right and network, man, you can really get some cool things going on. And that's really the only reason we're here. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't deal with the other stuff, but. You know, we're here for our music and to hang out with people who love music. And Anyway, that's kind of how we got with the, a lot of the endorsements. Uh, Von York Strings was the first one. And I just I noticed a lot of friends I was with that, that are in bands, they had the, a lot of them had those strings, and I was like, screw it, I'm going to try. And so I hit them up, and they approved me. And then um, I noticed a lot of that stuff. A lot of the people that were endorsed by those strings were endorsed by Sinister Guitar Picks. And I was like, well, what the hell? And so I just kind of kept going and going. And then um, I got the uh, Killer B guitar endorsement. And that was one where I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to get this. And sure enough, the guy that builds the guitars calls me up one day. He's like, hey, man, you want to talk about it? And I was like, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so one day on my lunch break at work, we, we sat and talked for about an hour about what kind of guitar are you wanting me to build? Wanted him to build, excuse me. And I was like, man, do you do flying V's? And he's like, we can. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I said, that's what I want, man. So what he's building me, it looks like a stealth bomber kind of thing. <laughs> so I'm like so freaking stoked about that. And uh, then Spectraflex Cables was one where um, I kind of wanted them to look a certain way. And I was like, man, do you guys have a silver and black cable and they're like of course (laughs) and so they made me silver and black cables and um yeah i mean it's been kind of cool honestly you know and i will say that this isn't free shit i mean it's it's discounted very nicely discounted but it's not free Mm -hmm. you kind of you kind of have to work up to the free stuff yeah so you know if you if you help them sell some stuff then you start getting bigger discounts and it starts going into different tiers and Stuff like that. I mean, unless you're like a huge established artist, that's kind of how the endorsements work. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely a good thing, and they definitely help spread the word for us, and we do the same for them. And and that's that's really what it's about. You know, they just want to be in a partnership with you. So I'm trying to get Mike and at least get him with Von York. Yeah, I need to order some of those strings. Yeah, just hit them up, man, and that way you can get your. Well, I'm cheap. I like. I just put strings on my bass like <laughs> two months. Yeah. So the last pair lasted a year, right? <laughs> right. Because you can boil them, dude. You know, yeah. you boil them, they sound new again for like a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I get> it. <laughs> I'm cheap, man. Right. Dude. 
<laughs> you guys did this Celtic Frost cover into the Crips of Rays. Like, how yeah. did that come about? Whose idea was that? We, and we pretty much everybody in the band loves like uh, Celtic Frost, Celtic Frost. I say it, but I can't remember. I, we did it in initial, initial detonation, because yeah. uh, uh, the singer, the singer in initial detonation, he would sing it just like Tom G. Warrior did. Like he pronounced everything weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. He, he had the Swiss. He had the Swiss accent down. It was everything. pretty funny. It was hilarious. <laughs> he had every ooh and everything down. Man. Every ooh and every hey. hey. He did all that stuff, you know. <laughs> I mean, you have to if you're doing Celtic Frost. Yeah. But but yeah, this was like in the late '90s. We were doing that song. We played it one time live, I think. Wasn't yeah. It? At the skate park or something. I think Roger and Janine sat that one out. Now, so that that weird place had the Wicca Star. In Oklahoma City, remember, and the people were doing the fucking... Oh, yeah, that deal. They were, doing <laughs> yeah. the, they were holding their hands like, you know, like gangsters do stacking. They, they were doing it like with the, a pentagram. Like their neighborhood. Like, these guys are making a pentagram, hand signals, <laughs> like, <laughs> and like headbanging, like big time. Like, and the, That's right. It was in an old movie theater that was like an underground club, and on the wall was a giant uh, a wicca. What do they call that? A pentacle or something? A pentacle, like, yeah. And a... But and our singer kept saying, "Hey, it's it's, it's upside down. It's just, how come it's not up? How come it's, you guys fucked up the pentagram?" And they're getting all pissed. It's not a pentagram. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah. But it was definitely weird when they're like making those hand signals. I was like, "What is that?" And I was like. And then I figured out, oh, it's a fucking pentagram, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That was fun though. But yeah, we just were like, yeah, well, we played it, you know, me, Mike, and Larry were, you know, we were, since we were in Initial Detonation, we were already familiar with the song, and James pretty much knew all the lyrics, and so it was like a no-brainer. We are, it was like easy to yeah, do. Yeah, he was like, I would love to do that song, man. So yeah. We started doing it. We just started practicing it one day, and then we're like, fuck it, let's record it. Yeah. We used to do Hand of Doom, but yeah. uh, <laughs> when James, when hearing James try to sing Ozzy, it was like... I don't, like, I don't like this. It was weird. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, it was just sounded kind of weird. So we it's stopped a doing fun that. song, it, but... We should have just done instrumental. Yeah. <laughs> that song is fun to play. We did uh, In League with Satan, Venom. That was a fun one, too. What else oh. did we do? We did Black Flag. We did some Black Flag and Minor Threat. We do Motorhead, Iron Fist. Nice. Uh, I can see that working well with your guys' sound. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was that? Uh, we know our our drummer. He's like he was the one that was real picky about covers. So we do it for about a couple, like three or four months. He's like, let's do something else. Let's start another song. And then that was a whole other endurance or some a task of fucking Hercules <laughs> trying to figure out what song he wanted to do because he'd right. like turn him down every time. So then we're like, okay, what song do you want to do? And what was it? It was Minor Threat. No, it was Iron Maiden. Remember the Iron Maiden song? Wrathchild. Wrathchild. Yeah, we did oh, Wrathchild. Wow. And that song's not easy. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, we get it down. We, we take it to him. We put it through it, like, once or twice. He's like, oh, I like the way that sounds. Fuck. We're like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> we, did, we did Napalm Death's version of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. And I really wish we would have stuck with that one. <laughs> that was a good one. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to do a cover of a cover. <laughs> oh, the version's badass, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, he was like, we'd learn these songs and then he shoots them down pretty quick. I don't know if that answered your question at all. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> we kind of digress, man. Well, if he's not there now, you kind of have more freedom to do whatever you want, right? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, yeah. 
It's kind of, well, yeah, honestly. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, what kind of stuff do you guys listen to outside of the heavy stuff? Is there anything that might surprise someone? No, I, I listen to like, <laughs> like, I try to listen to all, everything. I like, uh, I used to download a lot of, of stuff. I get like, uh, like a high life music from Nigeria, like set from the seventies. And, uh, like I listened to like 1920s blues, you know, like anything yeah. that Alan Lomax did, like traveled around and recorded like a little bit of everything, man, you know, like, uh, reggae, uh, dub, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. I, um, eh, I, I listen to a lot of metal, a lot of punk, a lot of rock. Um, Hell, people probably wouldn't be too surprised by what I listen to, but um, I don't know. I tend to keep it on the heavy end, but no, I like to listen to a lot of stuff Mike listens to as well, like uh, Miles Davis and Lead Belly and stuff like that too. Um, my parents named me after Richie Blackmore. Oh, nice. so that's cool. I felt like. <laughs> You know, if I didn't play guitar or music in some capacity, I'd be a failure or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I grew up on all that stuff. And, yeah. Um, like, Judas Priest is, like, my totally favorite band. Yeah, I saw you, I saw you got tickets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's going to be I'm a good show, Tulsa. man. Oh, God, yeah. So I'll, I'll be in Tulsa for that one. Yeah, yeah, Me, yeah. I'm taking my oldest son. He'll be – it's a day after his 15th birthday. Nice. Oh, wow. is, is he the one they held? Mm-hmm. No. no shit. You should take that picture or something. Yeah, I probably will. Like the the son that he's taken, like they they got the when was that when you got to do that? It's two thousand eight, like the summer, August of 08, I think we went and saw him and we got to meet the priest dudes when KK was still in the band. Oh wow! And, and um, it's 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 um, it's my Facebook cover photo actually, and um, Zach, my son, I'm taking to this concert. He's seen him. This will be his fourth time seeing him. Wow. And um, <laughs> So the first time we saw him, he got to meet him. And then... Yeah, he was like a little kid. He, yeah, Rob, he was, he's like five years and old. And Rob Halford's like holding him. Rob Halford, yeah, Rob. <laughs> so we get in there, and of course I'm starstruck, and I can't say shit. Yeah. And my wife's asking him all kinds of questions about lyrics, and Rob's like, speaking to my good ear. <laughs> and so I guess Rob's kind of deaf in one ear. <laughs> and uh, so... Rob asks my son, he goes, what's your name? And he goes, Zach. And he's like, Zach, that's a good name. Would you want to sit in my chair? <laughs> so Rob picks him up and puts him on this chair. And oh, Zach, yeah, Zach still remembers that. Yeah. And, and Zach's like, um, I think it was when they were playing, Glenn Tipton's like, looks at Zach and he's like, hey, you could see him mouth the words, hey, Zach. And then Zach's like, hey, Glenn just said hi to me. <laughs> <laughs> and so at the end of the show, Glenn taps a security guard on the shoulder and hands him a pick, and he says, give it to that boy, Zach. And so the security guard handed the pick to Zach, and then Glenn, and Zach's like, that's it. Me and Glenn Tipton are buddies. Yeah. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so he remembered that, too. So it's like he's so excited about it and, and so I'm like, yeah, me too, buddy. Because <laughs> yeah. now, what, 17? No, he'll be 15. He's 15? Yeah. It, it, the Is that his favorite today. band too? Still? It's a, um, 
Yeah, they're, they're up there. I mean, he's got favorites in like a different genres, I guess. I think they're probably his favorite metal band. But he, he plays a jazz band in school. And then he's in marching band. He plays trombone. So he's like always asking questions about like, we'll be listening to something. He's like, Dad, you realize that's in six, eight time? And <laughs> like, it's, it's hilarious. That tempo change is nuts. And it's, it's funny, man. He like he's like he reminds me of me when I was that age, you know. You just break everything down and yeah. just like totally geek out on the music. So we'll have to get together at that show. Oh yeah, man. Say what's that'd up. Be, that'd be, so are you guys going? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I got my oh, really? tickets Wednesday. Yeah, I did too. We're in we're the 14th row from the center, like F something. The uh, for very first section up front. Yeah. I, kind of i think i don't know if it pissed him off or shocked him but like i kept just refreshing for about oh, an yeah. hour and a half like i oh, wasn't shit. satisfied with he, what i was he getting didn't have anything oh and okay he just yeah, refreshed yeah. and kept refreshing and like at 11 30 i got second row whoa <laughs> oh, yeah. like an hour and a half after they went on sale so. wow <laughs> yeah i got mine at like 10 30 and i got <laughs> mine was 14th row those guys could probably find each other oh yeah i'm sure we could probably yeah. find each other <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> That's cool. It ain't like it used to be when you used to go to a metal show. Like, if you had a friend that had long brown hair and a jean jacket with patches, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, and you got, if you got divided up, you're like, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Which, dude, yeah. Which dude with patches and a jean jacket and brown, long, long, long brown hair? <laughs> right. Fucking curl in his back pocket. You know? Yeah. <laughs> White high tops. White high tops. <laughs> Egg pants, yeah. black t-shirt. Yeah. Oh man! Well, it's still that way, at least with the black t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's still in Oklahoma City. There's still a couple guys that will show up to these shows with the 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 tight jeans and the white puffy high tops and everything. Yeah, awesome. And yeah. I mean, they're they're living it, man. Hell yeah, man! That's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. There's a band here called Sardis. Their guitar player. That's what he wears. Yeah, he's like yes. totally into that whole thrash, like nineties, <laughs> nineties thrash. Yeah. Yep. The white high tops, and I mean, he looks like he's in Creator, like in eighty nine. Yeah, he does. <laughs> those guys are really good. Yeah. Yeah. I still love that guy. Those. I still love me some Creator. Yeah, that new album from last year was pretty badass. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Man, they just. They, ever since, like, what, Violent Revolution or whatever, they just keep freaking pounding out great stuff, man. Right on, guys. We appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Uh, thank Hell you. Yeah. Like I told you earlier, I'll try to have this thing up on Halloween. Oh, cool. Nice. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, guys. Hey, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for your time. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Take, Take care. care. There you go, Richie and Mike from Grave Huffer. Thanks a ton to them for taking the time out to talk to us and about everything they got going on. Really looking to hearing the vinyl of this because kind of like they said, they recorded it with the intention of it being on vinyl and you can hear that when you that's, listen to yeah, your fault. Yeah, it's going to be great. I can't wait. Yeah, so look for that this coming spring. And in the meantime, get on their page and like them. They've got all kinds of kick-ass stuff. they got that USB cassette that has their entire, all their songs and all their videos on it. They've got the cassette, like you said, you purchased. And yes. of course, you can get CDs and MP3s and T-shirts and whatnot. That's right. That's right. Another one of Joplin's finest. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, man, you think of Grave Huffer and Crane Technique, 
these are two bands that just we've kind of latched onto as bands yeah. that we love and definitely you know when you think of Joplin just off your head you don't think of badass metal I mean at least from my experience because I'm not from there but maybe if you're from there you do but it's <laughs> happening yeah well speaking of t-shirts buy one of ours you can hit us up at deepdownunderground at gmail.com or on Facebook of course facebook.com backslash deepdownunderground twitter thndrundrground we're also on Instagram and YouTube, both those are at the Thunder Underground. And then, of course, SoundCloud.com backslash Thunder Dash Underground has all the previous episodes. Man, early in that epi- early in that interview, one of them mentioned Chad Malone. Yep, we've had him yeah, on. Go, go back. Go back, listen to that one. That's a good one we don't mention enough. And then, of course, Chad Malone is part of the Old Capital Underground documentary, which should be out in the coming months. And we had all three of the filmmakers of that one on. So be sure and check that out. And then we've had on man, guys from Courage and Conformity. Why did I just draw a blank after one band? Seven oh, Dust, know, yeah. Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, The Obsessed. He is Legend. Uh, drowning Pool. Yeah. Uh, I'm drawing a blank too. How come like it's, it's been a long day, man? And how come the more episodes we do, the harder it is to remember the I, people that's been on it? Because because <laughs> my brain is is I've killed too many brain cells in my day, <laughs> you know. But I do know, getting back to the T-shirt thing, if you order a T-shirt, Trent will go ahead and include a, a, a worn pair of his boxers in the envelope too. So that's a bonus, free of charge. Are they Thunder Underground boxers, or are they just... Uh, I don't know. I don't know what kind of boxers you wear. That's your deal. Okay. But they've got to be worn? Yeah, yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. After, like, mowing the lawn or something. So, if you're our age or older, this is similar to, like, when you could, like, get worn clothes from Mark Slaughter out of the back of Metal Edge. Mar- when Mark Slaughter's pants. Yeah. Wasn't that a thing you could do? Yeah. yeah. I wonder whoever won those... If they still have them today. Man, that'd be and how question. much would they be worth? If we ever have Mark Slaughter on here, we should just bring that up. Go ahead. Yeah, we should. He seems like a nice guy. We should just ask him. Because we can't get Jerry Miller on here. I tried <laughs> to friend her on Facebook, and she hasn't accepted it. She just wasn't having it, huh? Right. That'd be a good interview. She'd have some stories. <laughs> Speaking of Metal Edge, you see Perry Richardson from Firehouse is now in Striper. I know. that. that <laughs> The, that community is 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 thrown on its ear now. What what a what a uh, what a lineup change, right? You know, and you see that picture. He doesn't have his red hair anymore. It's all white. That's oh, how we, that's, but it's still yes, extremely big and curly. But that's how we know we're getting old. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking of that, Firehouse Bill Leverty has been on this podcast. Yes, before, yes. But, God, we got on off another, yeah. like a long fucking day, man. If you're a Gravehopper fan, you're probably like, what the fuck's wrong with these yeah, guys? Yeah, they turned it off already. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Well, if you're a Gravehopper fan and it's your first time, we appreciate it. Hope you go back and listen to some of those old episodes. The Sword, Death Angel. Lots of great heavy stuff. And we're every Monday night on 1027WSNR.com, 7 p.m. Central. We stream there every Monday night, like I said. Glad to be a part of that, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud and YouTube. 
All right. You need to talk about anything else? No, Kevin Spacey, I'm, nothing. I'm, I'm nothing done. Working. Oh, okay. no, God. Just, just okay. Turn it off. All right. Until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.